Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Tundra Cast. And today we have a very special guest and his name is Francis Wache. He used to be a player for the Dallas Stars. And today with me on the podcast, I also have Rossi and Raymer. How's it going, guys? How's it going? You guys are more than happy to uh, yeah, go along. All right, sick. Well, Rossi, you want to start it off? Well, I would just like to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, very special guest being the first uh, guest we've had who's actually played in the NHL. And, um, you know, someone I've actually met, you know, in real life, so, which is cool. Uh, so I guess we'll start it off with, you know, more of the basic, you know, like hockey player questions. So, like, what was it like on your draft day, you know, getting drafted as, you know, you were drafted in the sixth round. So, like, it's Correct. not like, yeah, so, like, what was it get like getting drafted, you know? Well, uh, you know, all my life I wanted to be a hockey player at a young age. I knew I wanted to play in the NHL. That was my dream. Uh, we all know the percentage of uh, players uh, that make it to the NHL. So, to uh, to get drafted was a... Uh, a big step, a step ahead. Uh, my family and I, we drove all the way from Ottawa to Nashville. So it was uh, over a 20-hour drive. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, uh, it was exciting. It was nervous. Um, my expectations were, um, how can I say, they were high. But at the same time, I was really there for the experience. I wanted to make sure my agent at the time didn't want me to be there so i get disappointed oh. but uh, the thing is as a as a family we decide that uh, no matter what the outcome was coming um uh, you know i was i, I was um no matter what the outcome was coming, we, we knew that this was going to be a great experience as a family. So uh, we drove with uh, my aunt, my parents, and my billet uh, that uh, where I was playing uh, junior with the uh, um, uh, Hall Olympic at the time. And uh, to be honest, when my name came up, um, everybody was in shock. My mom was asking me which team, which team. I kept yelling Dallas, Dallas, and we were just uh, psyched. You know, we were very excited. We didn't... Uh, um, didn't know what to say at the time because coming from a small town, uh, I, didn't, I never played really double A hockey or triple A hockey, so I came, I come from a, uh, a different uh, road as of regular players does. So for us, it was a great, great moment as a family, and uh, we're still sharing those memories to this day. Yeah. So you were you were at the draft when it happened, then, right? All right. Correct. Cool. Because like. I know that a lot of players that are not drafted first round on the first day, they're not usually there. Um, so I, so like like you said, it must have been a really cool experience to hear your name. Well, for me, uh, for for me, there was players that I played against. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury was the uh, first overall pick, and you know I did play. Uh, he was playing in the queue, so was I. So we, you know, and we had the same agent at the time. <clears throat> so we had dinner the night before. Uh, so for 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 me, uh, you know, I was happy for him and his family um such a great guy that guy we uh, haven't really spoke in a long time but a uh, good person uh really really uh he deserves everything he's been uh, going through in his career so uh, i have nothing good thing to say so when you see guys that you know or you played against no matter what if your opponent or not you know it's uh, always a great actually the same day that i got drafted uh two guys that i fought in junior got drafted <laughs> at the same time and we were like uh big hugs and big high five in the back and so we we knew we were going to face each other in a couple of months in the queue and probably in pro at one day <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> see those those are really cool moments that you yep. don't really get to get all the time. Yeah. So, yep. What was your like favorite place to play in at just in general over your whole career? Um, so I spend uh, a lot of time in the minors. Uh, in the minors, I would say uh, the best place I played where it was in Austin, Texas. Um, you know, we uh, everything was great about uh, the town, the the city. Uh, I would say uh, every player, everywhere I played home games uh, in Iowa. I had a great time too. Um, but in the NHL, the best rink I played has to be. I will. I'll go with two: the Montreal Canadian, uh, the Bell Center, because that's the team I I grew up for. Uh, I grew up uh, cheering for. Um, I played an exhibition game there, had a fight there, had an assist there. So uh, it was a a good night for me and my family. And then uh, I played twice at Medicine House in Chicago, and this building was something back in the 2009, 2010, where. Uh, they had the, uh, you know, they, they were starting their dynasty because, you know, when you went three cups for me in almost a decade, it's uh, really something special. And this team was, uh, was probably the best player, the best team I played in my entire career. And it had to be at the NHL level. So that was awesome. So you, you were saying Austin, Texas, it's like not the biggest hockey city that there is. It just, was it just the city that you liked mostly? Well, um, you know, we lived there, my family and I, for five years. Uh, we like everything about the lifestyle in Texas. Uh, no winter. Uh, I mean, as much as I love winter now, or I always did. But for for family, it was, okay, put your shoes on and go. You know, it's not yeah, like... That's, it that's the like, one. Go warm, up, go warm up the car, you know. So there's... Uh, and, um, you know, just always a nice weather uh and we really uh we really had a good time there for five years we we call this uh we were lucky four years in iowa five years in austin so those two places uh feel really like home for us still still to this day that's amazing so like you were traded at one point in your career yep just yep what what was it like obviously it's a big change of scenery Yes, yeah, so uh, it was my ninth year pro. Uh, I was going with my last year contract with the Dallas Stars, and I spoke. My agent spoke with the team. I wanted something more. Um, I wanted to start talking for years to come. Uh, as far as extension, I knew I was going at the end of my career, so I wanted to stay in the minors in in Austin for a long time and develop players and help uh, the new generation coming in and. Um, Dallas had the uh, other plan for them. I was not in their plans and, and, you know, th that's hockey. Uh, no grief about that. Uh, my ice time was limited. I was not playing much game. We had a veteran issue. Uh, we had too many vets in the team and you only allowed, uh, six per team. So there was a lot of things going wrong on my way. And I want to make sure that I do everything to extend my career by a few years. And, uh, so I asked to, uh, to be traded took a long time and uh, I did to Milwaukee, which was awesome. I spent two awesome months. Um, my family didn't, uh, didn't come. They stayed in Austin. So that was tough as a family for my wife with our three kids. But uh, for, for, for personal note, for a professional note, it was um, Dean Everson was the head coach. Uh, I had a lot of uh, uh, 
great hockey moments over there. We, I, I, my, 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 my career kind of peaked back at where what I used to be. Um, so it was an awesome two months over there, and um, I got treated by uh, Milwaukee Emeralds in Nashville uh, organization uh, uh, A plus one. Great. Oh well, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Like you, your stats, they had a big jump when you moved over to Milwaukee. So I guess yeah, the the, scenery does definitely help. Yeah, that year, because um, that year I actually had season tickets to the Admirals games. So every time we'd go and we'd watch the Admirals, and Wathier would just be killing it, and it would, and it just seemed like, why isn't he in the NHL right now? Because <laughs> well, at that point, was, the, uh... the, the Predators were struggling, and so it was like, just put him there. <laughs> we uh um, so good right now in milwaukee i i believe we uh we were uh um uh, just like a point or two out of the playoff no and, no you uh, made the playoffs yes we did but when i arrived we were like a oh, point yeah, or two yeah, yeah. Uh, just out and yeah. uh i guess they needed a little bit more size and i came with a full package as far as i was not the fastest i was not the most goal scorer but I did make an impact on if I was playing on a on a top line, making room for the skill guys and making sure I do the the hard work and the the dirty job and and on the defensive line, well, that was you know um, it was my game, you know I was able to shut down the other team, blocking shots and playing a physical and I did drop the mitts a little bit in Milwaukee and um, <laughs> you know we and, and so we as a as a group we really bonded and we. We got some help. We got uh, Yarncroc came to uh, got traded from Detroit to come with us, so he was a big part of our success. Fosbury was definitely um, very good uh, player for us. Uh, like I said, we every, everything happened and uh, we gelled in the last couple uh, uh, under twenty game or so. And uh, it's too bad that we didn't have any success in the first round against uh, Toronto. Uh, kind of everything uh, went. Uh, out of our way but you know hockey's hockey but uh no we uh like i mentioned we uh we had a good stint there and uh, i still keep in touch with a lot of players from uh, that uh, team well that's a coach's dream right defensive yes player. all yes. right uh what what was your favorite moment of your career like i know like on your nhl debut you got into a fight uh with Mike Brown, if I remember correctly. Correct. Correct. You got into a fight and, you know, everything. But what would what was your favorite moment of your entire career? Uh, I would say definitely my first NHL game. Uh, that's a dream come true. You play a few exhibition games, but that's nothing like the one who's going to show on papers on uh, Elite Prospect or uh, <laughs> Hockey DB. So that will stay there forever. Um, I remember I was actually in my uh, apartment with my wife. Um, our uh, oldest son was three or four uh, three at the time i was fixing his bed and uh got a call for a gm he's like you're going up and uh at the time there was two players on our team that uh, did got called up and um they stayed only one day so i knew that they were kind of like circling say okay who's gonna who's gonna stand up and who's gonna make a mark and so i knew uh, I, if i go there i didn't want to get back the next day so i had to show something that i I was going to stay. I wanted to stay. And um, so definitely Anaheim was a, a, a great, obviously great town to play your first game. But um, the first, I, the year before that, I played um, in Iowa uh, for the Iowa Chops. 
the Iowa Stars were there for three years. We didn't have a farm team, uh, my fourth year pro. So I got a loan to Anaheim, which was re- relocating in Iowa. So I knew a lot of players. So I knew uh, uh, Bobby Ryan, Mickelson, uh, a couple other players that I knew that we played on the same farm team the year before. So playing against those guys were awesome uh, the year after. So uh, getting called up, practice in the morning, flying uh, to Anaheim, and then uh, playing the next night, you know, that's something for forever that I will, you know, I will uh, cherish and remember. And like you mentioned, um, I had fought uh, Mike Brown the Miners uh, when he was in, in uh, Manitoba with the, the Moose, with the Winnipeg's farm, uh, Vancouver's farm team at the time. And uh, I knew, you know, right away, I'm like, okay, if I want to stay, I got to show that I want to stay. And um, that was part of my game. And, you know, I played five minutes in that game, had a couple shots, a couple uh, uh, hits. And, um, you know, uh, I stayed a few days. I got sent down because we they had injuries coming back. And I was, ready, I was right away the guy to call to get called up uh, again fast. So I did leave a, a positive mark, and I played in a five NHL game that year. Yeah, yeah, and you and like you said, you left a positive impact, and you got into five more after that, right? So, correct, correct. That's pretty good. And so, I just want to move over to your hockey academy. So, like, what inspired you to have that idea of making that hockey academy? What's your favorite part about so, it? So, um, since uh, 2008, I've been running hockey camps uh, uh, in the uh, just outside Ottawa uh for for people in i come from a a small town thousand people so everybody knows everybody and um so the eastern ontario region uh is very has a lot of uh, good hockey players so for since 2008 i've been doing off ice and on ice training so i i was kind of preparing my after career slowly i i knew that i wanted to do it do this and um i'm enjoying this to this day big time uh so when i professionally retired in 2015 i kept playing in a semi-pro league in quebec for about four years and uh you know my wife and i were figuring what we wanted to do with our life so we uh, she went back to school she's not a real estate agent and uh this came through it's uh it's called spogetsud it's a second study uh so the kids go into school in the morning that's the part of a program that um it's a special program that kids go into school in the morning and the afternoon they're uh, my supervision. So we do on ice and off ice training. So we have 75 kids at uh, the high school uh, age. And uh, so, yeah, so technically they, um, they follow, they follow my path uh, of, uh, of, of teaching on the ice and off ice. And uh, I got a big group of, uh, of uh, trainers and on ice instructors uh, following me. And, uh, yeah, so we've been running now this for, for three years uh, with the school, and uh, it's been a success. We've been uh, uh, involving players from, uh, uh, like, a Red B or a Double B uh, uh, level to a Double A, and, you know, we're introducing this year some Triple A players. So it's been, uh, it's been a, a good road, and we're, we're hopeful, hopeful to uh, keep it going this way. Okay, well, uh, you know, hockey is a pretty expensive sport, a lot of – Parents are paying $2,000 and more every single year to get their kids to play hockey. Uh, yes. Do you, is this like Hockey Academy in any way to help kids who aren't as fortunate to be able to play? Um, I, it's uh, We're trying to make it as affordable as possible. Yeah. Um, ice is not cheap. 
you know, you know, we we cannot be 30 kids on the ice with one instructor. So we have to uh, have um, um, instructor on the ice. Uh, so so yes, it's uh, it's not. Um, I cannot say uh, it's uh, it's for everyone. Um, you know, kids needs to their parents need to have a decent job to be able to afford this. So, and, and it's the reality of the sport. It costs a lot of money with the the arena and and, and the buildings to to train. So, it is a privilege. Um, you know, two two things. Kids needs to be very well, uh, very good in in school. So academically, they have to have a a step ahead. And secondly, they need to be uh, high athletes that wants to be part of a program. Uh, we have no time on our side to uh, deal with the uh, babysitting system. We want to make sure that the kids are coming in. They want to get better. They want to get stronger. And they're listening at every day on, uh, on every director that needs to be done. So, um, yeah, we, we refused people in the past. We, uh, you know, I did call some parents and say, hey, this is not the program for your son. I'll give you back your money. And uh, because we, we have no time uh, to deal with people that don't want to be there. So uh, uh, it is a privilege to be there. And like I mentioned, it, it's not for everyone. And, and yes, there's a, a, a big cost coming with it. Okay, well, uh, so you were mentioning you have like a wide variety of players, right? Uh, so do you like have to split them up into groups kind of thing? Well, right now, um, like before uh, the pandemic with uh, COVID, we, uh, we're splitting them in age groups. So um, grade 7, grade 8, grade 9, 10, 11, uh, and so on. So um, uh, they're part of only uh, their, their, their grades, uh, their, their high school age. And uh, within that, we have uh, three teams that are part of a prep school as well. So it's two program in one, uh, twice a week. It's really hockey development, so skill, power skating, station. And after that, two days a week, it's, um, it's our, our team practices. So we do more systems and like the regular one-on-one, two-on-ones and breakout and forecheck and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we try to keep them um, within two, three years age group uh, on the ice so they can compete against each other. Uh, but since uh, the, the pandemic with the, uh, the COVID, it's been tough. We've been, uh, you know, we're able to be on the ice uh, here. Um, we have strict rules. So <clears throat> if they're part of a, a class, a bubble class, they need to be on the ice together. They cannot be mixed with others. So it's been very challenging for me and my, uh, my, uh, my staff uh, to coordinate uh, it all. But uh, we're trying to make it happen as much as possible for the kids. Uh, you know, so we have to split them a little bit more instead of being you know, 25, 30 kids on the ice for an hour and a half. We have, you know, an hour, uh, an hour on the ice with 12 kids, you know. So the volume is not the same. As a staff, it is tough. But, uh, you know, we want the, the, the kids to be on the ice as much as possible. Yeah, and you'd have, like, you'd have experience in, you know, not only that because you played, but you were also a coach for the Jatno Olympic, Olympic in uh, 17, 18, 18, 19, if I yeah, remember so correctly. I... Yeah, I've been uh, I've been coaching at the junior level for four years. Uh, uh, 2016, uh, I coached at the junior A level, and then the following three years with Gano until last year in the Q. Uh, this year, I decide to focus a little bit more on my academy. Um, it takes a lot of my time. I got three kids in hockey as well, so I want to develop them as well and spend time with them as well. Uh, I'm still involved with the Gano Olympic as a uh, skill coach and power skating coach, so I go see uh, players once a week and focus on their um, 
individual uh, uh, abilities and um, yeah so far it's been uh, working good for, for for us okay well so you had this hockey academy for three years you said well it's been uh, I, I've been running since 2008 but um, you know it's been summertime only in oh. private session here and there but this uh, for three years it's been an everyday kind of thing since September all the way to June uh, I follow the uh, uh, the school uh, calendar uh, as far as uh, you know uh, on ice and off ice training they, they they're they're uh, technically like whenever they're under my supervision they uh, you know I gotta give them grades on how they do stuff and how they're um uh how they're getting better uh so it's really a program part of the school and during the summer i keep doing some on ice stuff off ice stuff uh just to keep uh, uh you know my uh my business going and uh, but yeah for the last three years i've been focusing really on with that school they they hired my academy to run their hockey program Okay, well, so have any of these players that you've had in your hockey program, have they, like, excelled? Have they gone to, like, high-performing uh, high leagues? So, so far, the, uh, the, the, the only one that, been, that came out of the program uh, attended a junior A camp. Uh, he's affiliated with the junior A, so he's playing junior B. Uh, I believe in the next year or two, we have probably a caliber of guys that will go play junior A. Um, hopefully junior major very soon. Uh, so, so far, like I said, three years. Um, so one guy and all the rest, they're, they're playing, uh, 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 it's kind of like a university league here, but it's just under, uh, the, the, the big, uh, university. So we've been developing good players, uh, and we're looking forward to, to keep adding more players, uh, um, to this group. But uh, yeah, it, it's looking it's looking good so far. So we're excited to continue doing so. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, you played in a couple different semi-pro leagues in your career. Uh, could you walk yes. us through, like, what the competition was like and what, how your teams were? So uh, in 2016, uh, uh, I was going to play in Europe, and uh, the semi-pro team called me. Um, I'll be honest at the moment, I was not too uh, excited about this. I'm like, ah, I'm not there yet. Uh, I don't. And uh, I went to play six games. And I'll be honest, I completely fell in love with the, uh, the group of guys that was there. Um, you know, everyone's got a regular job during the day, one practice a week, and then two games a weekend. I would say I would establish this as a bottom team in the uh, East Coast League. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of those guys, they played Europe, some played pro. My first year, we have 12 guys in the league. There was eight teams that played in the NHL. So there is some good caliber players. And after six game, I was um, I was ready to, uh, to go in Europe. And uh, uh, they made an offer I couldn't resist. And I stayed. And it was better for me and my family. I was home. I didn't have to leave. And... Uh, um, I gain a lot of respect for the players who are playing this league as far as different individual. Yes, it's a fighting league, but, you know, it, this is a show. So the fighters do their things whenever they need to be done. And uh, whenever there's hockey playing, it's very physical. Um, it's old school hockey, so you need to be tough to play in this league. Everybody's finished their check. It's They're playing with a little bit... Uh, uh, 
a little uh, lemon in their mouth. So anyway, and it was my style of playing and I absolutely loved it. So I signed for a few years after that and I played for four. I was supposed to just help out this year, play a couple games so I can uh, be eligible for playoff, but uh, COVID uh, um, didn't make this happen. But I had a blast all the years that I played in this league, uh, in the semi-pro. I was able to go play in the Feral League. That was kind of like just um, helping out a friend. And uh, anyway, at, for me, anytime there's a competitive hockey game, I'm in. Uh, I play men's league at the moment, and um, there, it's not really my thing. I love it because I play with my buddies, my friends. But anytime a guy slashes me, I cannot do anything about it because I know I'm going to be in trouble if I drop my glove with them. Uh, it, it, it really, it, sorry my word, it really pisses me off. Like I wish I could just like drop them and beat the shit out of them. Yeah, you got, you want to drop the mitts sometimes. But uh, I had to be, uh, I don't want to have a lawyer calling me and uh, <laughs> owing the guy money because I broke his nose. <laughs> so do you ever have a plan of going back to a semi-pro league then? Yes, uh, I had planned this year to play about five, ten games out of forty, and be eligible for playoff. And uh, um, hopefully that uh, it would have been nice. And you know, my kids loves it. We drive as a family. We stayed there for a weekend. I play two games. We come back. They enjoy it, and uh, they see daddy play. Uh, still, for them, NHL or semi-pro, they don't know, right? They just yeah. they just see. Uh, um, you know, they just see the daddy playing, so it's been fun. Great. Well, uh, so do you you were played with a lot of players and coach and under a lot of coaches through your career. So, who were the ones that had like the biggest impact, or the ones you remember the most, kind of thing? I'll say uh, I'll say um, Glenn Gullitson. Uh, the head coach, uh, he's assistant coach with uh, Edmonton right now. He was head coach in Dallas, Calgary. Uh, he was assistant coach in Vancouver as well. He had the most impact. Uh, my first year in Iowa, uh, in uh, Austin, I arrived there as a as a third four liner, you know, for four years in the minors, and he put me on a second line on a second line with uh, Greg Rallo and Aaron Gagnon. Greg Rallo is the assistant coach in Milwaukee right now. And our, us three, we had a uh, unbelievable year. Uh, I think we were combined points. We were the top line in the AHL at one point. Uh, we stayed together the entire season. We really, really, really had a good, good, good run. And, uh, you know, it was really clear. He's like, bud, he's like, keep keep good care of those two guys. And, you know, they'll, they'll make their mark as point. And I finished with, close to 40 points and uh you know it was uh, uh it was a great great season he gave me a uh, opportunity to to play a little bit more offense and i had a a role a specific role and which i kind of loved and the second guy i would say that i kind of um i'm now coaching like him is willie desjardins he was uh, head coach in vancouver a little bit in la uh, now that he was great for for me personally because uh, at the at the time I was I was not able to uh, you know he couldn't put me in the situation I could you know I was at the end of my career I think Dallas uh, system wanted me to play to help the young kids on the fourth line stuff like that but what I really like about Willie is the way he prepares his practice uh, prepares his game uh, the way he talks to players I really learned from him. 
to become a better coach. I was not a coach at the time, but now I'm as a coach. I'm taking a lot of uh, of what he did. So Gullison has for personal, for my player perspective, and Willie as a coach, uh, he really showed me how to be a, a, a good coach. So just like, uh, so do you still talk to any of them? Yes, obviously, I, I always attend to the NHL uh, um, uh, conference, the coach conference. Uh, that's somewhere I, uh, somewhere I go that uh, it's really good for me. Uh, meet, uh, uh, you know, you meet so many people and a lot of uh, coach you coach against, a lot of uh, players play against, GM. So it's, uh, it's a good roundabout. And uh, me, I want to, I want to, stay in coaching and you know i want to go back to coaching one day when my kids are getting a little bit older um and uh, every time i see gully or willie over there uh, you know we have a a blast talking and you know they were a very good impact in my life and uh we've been uh, you know, keep in touch ever since all right uh what would you say is the best team that you have played for in your career uh the best team i played for Um, that's a very good question. I'm trying to think. We, uh, I was lucky. I I played a, a lot on a good teams. Uh, in the queue, we had Maxim Talbot as a captain who, who played for Pittsburgh and Philly. And so we we won the cup in the queue for two years in a row. So those were great moments. Uh, the year we lost in the um, in the AHL, we had Jamie Ben. That came back from Dallas, and we uh, we lost uh, the Calder Cup to Hershey. Uh, we had a great team there, and uh, I would say the year we won in the in the coast, my second year pro, um, we had a good group. So I can't single point uh, one exactly. I would say probably the year we lost to um, the year we lost to Hershey. Uh, was one of the the top team, and the reason why is we were not supposed to win uh, at all, and we just had uh, a lot of guys devoted to 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 win. Yes, Jamie Ben really helped. Obviously, I think he was leading scorer. So you know, without him, probably we're not there. But uh, he was able to to give us that extra boost that we needed to to be successful. But uh, yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, I would say uh, the, the, my fifth year, the first year in Austin, that was a special year, uh, year round, and be able to to make that run to the playoff. And obviously, it didn't end up uh, the way we all wanted to be, but uh, it was a special year for us. Okay, so it's just like, what's the difference? So you said you won and you've lost in the finals as well. So is there a big, like, how different is it? Or I know it's obviously different, but like. The obviously so happy that you're winning versus being crushed that you've lost coming so close. I think what exactly you mentioned when you lose, it's it's all the hard work and it's you know you almost think you did it for nothing, right? Uh, but the next day, if you had to do it all over again, you would because at the end of the line, like you're win you're competing for 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 that trophy. Um, so I believe. Um, like I mentioned, you when you lose, you think back of what could I done more, and that's believe I believe that's where you get better as a player or as a coach or individual. You're like, okay, you're trying to find new ways or better ways to 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 win, and that's where if you sit on what you have, you're never gonna get 
better as a as a staff or as a player. But when you think of okay, next time or next game, I'll be able to do so. Uh, I'll, I'll do that more. That's why I think you get better as, uh, like I mentioned, like a staff or as a coach or or as a player. So for me, is always learning uh, is always important. Making sure you learn the right way. And if you did mistake, a mistake will happen. It's uh, normal. You just got to make sure that you don't uh, don't do them anymore and you learn and you make sure you get better every time. So it's a fine line. Um, obviously, nobody will say otherwise that it's more fun to win. But uh, you get great lesson when you lose and you're able to teach those lessons at one day, which I am now. I'm able to take kids that, you know, I can't say that I, I, I did it all and, you know, they, 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 if they want to have a, a solid year to listen, well, I'm there to uh, uh, to teach them the, the right path, the right way. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you know, going to the finals and losing has to be, you know, pretty crushing, but you learn something from it, you know, but going to the finals and winning and be able to lift the, the Calder Cup has to be such a great, you know, feeling for you, uh, you know, for you and, you know, your entire team. So, and I would say, like, both of them are learning, right? Well, uh, so so I lost uh, against Hershey, the, the Calder Cup. But uh, I win. I did win in the East Coast, the uh, Kelly Cup. So I didn't. I didn't actually win the Calder Cup. The year that oh, yeah. uh, the, the the year that Austin's the the Texas Stars won the Calder Cup, I got traded to Milwaukee that year. So that felt uh, <laughs> a little bittersweet. Uh, you know, I leave and they win. Yeah. But um, you know, at the time it was the right decision. And you know, who knows? Maybe if I would have stayed, I would have won too. But hey, it's it's life. And at the time, I needed to make that decision on. Uh, on my career and uh, but um uh yeah like i said when you're so close uh it hurts and you it gets you even more prepared for the year to come and because you want to do it again but having said that when you're in the moment it's hard to cherish every moment because you're just living in the but i tell the kids when you do or when you're in something, you gotta be able to live it because you don't know when that's coming. That's coming back. Some guys, you know, in junior we won twice the uh, the the President Cup, which leads to the Memorial Cup. We lost both Mem Cup uh, in finals, and uh, I have friends that play in the queue the same time as me. They haven't won a round, right? And I won twice the cup. So you need to, like. We were extreme. I was extremely lucky at that time, at that age, to be able to go twice to the Mem Cup, and some guys haven't won a, a series yet. So it's been, um, you know, it's different. Yeah. So uh, I know when when I met you uh, back in uh, 2013, 2014 for the Admirals fundraiser, you had showed us uh, some some whittling in a table you made. Yep. And I would I w- you know, I was going to ask, uh, you know, do you still whittle? And, like, what's some of your favorite things you have made? Well, uh, I consider myself a handyman. Maybe not the greatest, <laughs> but a, a, a good handyman. So, uh, you know, I was raised uh, working on a farm. Uh, so, for me, uh, working for my hand, uh, you know, working with my hands and, um, you know, doing stuff outside, I actually love it. So, yes, in Austin, I was I had some free time. We lived there for a summer. My wife was uh, pregnant with our third child. We didn't want to come back to Ottawa. 
uh, we wanted to stay there for, for the birth and everything like that. So, so I did uh, uh, a few tables, uh, dining table for, for, for a new house. I actually done a second one that we sold for a customer. I uh, did her, uh, her, her desk, uh, did the, both my boys' uh, beds. So, um, so that was over there. Kind of handyman. I like it. I like to fix things. Yesterday, um, you know, we, we live in the country. Uh, I you know at this time now we're spending a lot of time home. We have an outside oh. rink, so I like to put on a fire. You know, so everybody could get, you know, hot whenever they get cold. And so um, we have on our property some dead trees. So yesterday, chainsaw, everything like this, uh, splitting wood, and um, so that are the kind of things that I kind of do. And I got into uh, doing some ski doing uh, lately. Oh. Uh, so um, we have nice trails uh, around here. So I put the kids uh, to bed and I go for a little ride. And mm. it's very therapeutic for me. I kind of, you know, evade from what's going on right now. And it's, uh, it's therapeutic for me, like I mentioned. So it's nice. So uh, I like, I'm a guy that likes the outdoors. So big time. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a cottager. I go to the cottage a lot with my parents, and you know it it is obviously a lot of work, and you have to be pretty handy. And I kind of feel you were first of all you're saving a lot of money if you're doing things by yourself, and also it's just fun, really. Well, for me, I enjoy like I mentioned, uh, enjoying working, uh, doing stuff on my own, and. Uh, um now i like to teach it to my kids right like mm-hmm. uh you know if something broke you fix it you know if you can't fix it then you call the professional but if you, you gotta try at least yeah. you know uh, uh, it's not like you're putting your you, you know you go on youtube you you say hey how to change a spark plug you go on youtube they're gonna show you where you make sure you bought the right one you got the right tool and to be honest you know like those are little things that if you like to put your hand dirty a little bit and take some time just to to to, to like to to um, uh, to to check it out, you should be fine. So um, yeah, it's all a matter of uh, <clears throat> you know willing to to learn, willing to do some extra work, and making sure you do it the right way. And but at the same time, when you're able not able to fix it, you need to to push the buttons. So, okay. I got to call the real professional now that you, you cannot be too eager to do that either. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering, uh, how exactly did you get into widowing? I'll be honest. It was just, uh, <laughs> it's a funny story. My wife in the new house, uh, she's a big fan of, uh, the, the store restoration hardware. Uh, so it was this beautiful table on sale and the price was extremely high at the time. Yeah. And uh, I was like, no, no, we're not spending that money on this. She's like, well, you got two options. Either you buy it for me or you built it. So I decided <laughs> to build it. <laughs> and so I went, uh, I went to the Lowe's uh, store, bought all the, um, the tool that I didn't have to finish the, 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 the product. And I went online. I kind of got a, a shemo. I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, uh, kind of like something that looked exactly like it. And I kind of just follow the path. The, the The table itself took me 40 hours and the benches on each side took me 40 each. So 80 hours total took me to uh, assemble, uh, sand, stain, varnish, you know, so I did it all. And then the second table that I did to sell because, you know, I got so much compliment from people coming in. It took me 40 hours. It took me half the time, you know, so, yeah. but, you know, so you learn 
through your experiences, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, so that was a story of, of it. So, yes, we did save some money, uh, but probably not saving some time for it. <laughs> If I were giving myself 20 bucks an hour, definitely I would have uh, passed the, the amount of money that uh, table would have cost me at the store. But uh, it's always something when we eat on it, we it reminds me of the hard work that I put in. And, and she loves it. The kids loves it. So that's uh, that's uh, a yeah. price, well, uh, price well paid for, for, for us to be able to do that. So. Yeah, and it's definitely a, a, a beautiful table because I saw it. Uh, oh, I saw it too because you. you showed it to me. And I, I really liked it. And it kind of got me into like whittling a bit and wood burning. Nice. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, like, okay, on to the uh, big fundraiser. Yep. Uh, I remember 2013, 2014, there was a... Uh, Milwaukee Admirals held a fundraiser at the end of the year. I th- it was right before the playoffs that they held a yep. fundraiser at Dave and & Buster's. And I remember going there with my family. And I was really nervous because, you know, you're going to meet a hockey player that you really look up to and idolize. And I got paired with, with you, of course. And um, excuse my dog's barking. No problem. Sorry about that. Um you know, I got paired up with you, and um, you you were you were very genuine, and you left a big imprint on me. And I kind of started looking up to you a lot more than you know already. And it was just very fun to play, to, you know, hang out with you and everybody, and you know, play games. And I still remember uh, every single hockey player was absolutely merciless in the in the games, especially you with Mario Kart. I remember you absolutely <laughs> destroying me, and I was just like, "Oh!" So it was really fun to, to you know, hang out with all the players, uh, and you know, meet them all and hang out with them. I, you know, I had a lot of fun with with you and everybody. Uh, and I'd say like that moment kind of inspired me to do a lot of things uh, that I wouldn't normally do. It especially inspired me to actually contact you and and get you on this podcast. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, uh, you know. Of course, you have like some of those players I met back in the day, like like Yarncroc and and Forsberg, now on the Predators, you know, and even the even the people who aren't on the Predators now, you know, you still have fond memories of playing with, you know, like uh, my sister uh, getting getting destroyed in air hockey against Joe Piscola. <laughs> you 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 just absolutely wrecking me in Mario Kart. So it's it's always fun to go back and think about um, think about that that day, and it was it was just very special for me uh, growing up. Well, I appreciate those kind of words. Um, um, you know, as a player, uh, we do have a responsibility, um, or every hockey player is at every level, you know. So. Um, you're doing something. We're getting paid to play hockey. That's not usual. There's not a, a lot of people that are able to say that. Uh, so I consider myself extremely, extremely lucky. And um, like, like you mentioned, yes, we need to be able to to be a mentor for for kids that want to be able to do the same thing. And uh, you know, knowing that uh, I did that, and you know, it's uh, makes my uh, makes my day and i appreciate the sharing because uh you know we as a player you want to be able to leave a mark and if you're able to help at any time we did like i was really involved 
in Iowa and Austin, everywhere I play, I was really involved in the community and doing a lot of stuff. And when you go to the to hospital and you see kids sick, like you, you, know, you wish you could take, you know, um, not the bullet for them because, uh, well, yes, because you want them to feel better, uh, but you just feel so bad. So anything you can do to make their day, to make them feel better, to, to put a smile on their face. Um, you know, I came back, I was coming back home completely drench of 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 like exhausting of just saying wow like i'm playing hockey they're battling their life um you know i'm lucky and i was taking my kids at home hugging them you know it no kids should go through this so whenever you're able to help and put a, a solid imprint on uh, on somebody's life you're that's your that's your that's your job that's part of your job and if you're not able to do that i don't have much respect for people that can't yeah um like on to you know to leaving big imprints you know like with me especially you know uh contacting you it it you know kind of looking at you um you know you know recalling back to when you know the the um the fundraiser and just most of your career it kind of like gave me you know the the courage to you know overcome my you know crippling anxiety and uh to contact you because nice. uh when i when i called you I, I was pretty worried uh to be honest i was i was hoping just like i wouldn't do anything to um to kind of like mess it up but it, the the phone call went well and i'm happy that you actually decided to join us even though we're you know we're still pretty small it it, it means a lot to, to you know to me and to everybody here uh even the people who couldn't make it on the podcast today I appreciate you guys reaching. Uh, if it could be a, a start for something great for you guys, I, I'm happy to be part of it. And, um, you know, uh, when somebody wants to do something good in life, uh, I believe you're able, if you're able to help or in, e in any way or just support or kind of do something, um, you know, I believe that you, you have to be able to do that. So keep, uh, keep on going the good work and hopefully you guys can have uh, even more success. Thank you so much, Francis. Thank you so much. On. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we wish you and your family a lot of pleasure, great memories in the future. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, thank you for the time. We'll talk soon. And uh, like I said, if you have any other question, any other topic, uh, I'll be more than happy to help out. Great. Yeah, we'll be glad to have you on again. Excellent. Good luck. You too. So yeah, everyone, uh, that was Francis Wache. And for me, Rossi, Rammer, everyone at Thundercast, thank you very much for listening. Have a good day.